You're listening to Salary Capped, a podcast exploring the business side of sports. Hey everyone, and welcome into Salary Capped. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and joining me today, I'm thrilled to announce, is Eddie Lewis. He's ex-professional footballer and founder of Toka Football. During his 14-year professional career, Eddie played extensively in both the United States and England for Fulham, Leeds United, Derby County, and the LA Galaxy. He was a veteran member of the United States national team throughout the late 90s and early 2000s. He acquired 82 caps, scored 10 goals, and represented his country at the 2002 and 2006 FIFA World Cups. Eddie, it's a pleasure to Talk to you, man. Thanks so much for joining me. Great. Thank you for having me and happy to be here. Well, uh, Eddie, I, I can't start without just expressing that uh, I was a huge fan of that 2002 uh, World Cup team. And so it's a, it's a thrill for me to get to, to talk to somebody who was uh, such an integral part of that, that squad and, um, and that sort of thing. But let's, uh, let's dive in and talk just a little bit more about the growth of soccer in the United States. Um, because it feels like we've come a long way in the last several years when you look at youth players you know, playing abroad for some of the biggest clubs in Europe and things along those lines. Where do you see this growth coming from? Well, there's a, there's a number of areas for sure. Um, you know, I think for, for the first time you have, you know, a number of, uh, you know, really a generation of, uh, of parents that have all had some exposure to the game, you know, at some level, which, which hadn't really happened before here in the U.S. And these guys are all, um, you know, men and women becoming, you know, the parents, the fans, the supporters, season ticket holders of the game. Um, so I think that's, you know, really fueled, you know, a lot of the growth, obviously, um, you know, with the MLS being established uh, and the academies, you know, from a, from a player development standpoint, there's a much, you know, better pathway um, for, for development. Um, you know, I think things like uh, FIFA and, you know, some of the other, uh, you know, platforms from a gamification standpoint have had a huge impact of the, uh, on the growth of the game here. So, you know, a number of different areas, but, you know, Probably um, the simplest answer is is soccer is just a lot of fun to play, and um, I think more and more people are getting exposed. So the growth is um, you know is, is is natural and organic in many ways too. You're totally right. You know, the, there's an accessibility factor to. I, I remember when I was a, a young kid, it was really hard to find soccer on television, but now on Saturdays you can turn on. Um, you know, ESPN Plus or NBC Sports, you know, and watch just about any game from across the country in any of the big leagues in Europe. You can watch MLS on, uh, on ESPN Plus and a lot of other platforms as well. And so there's a certain accessibility to it now where if you want to be a kid and follow Neymar, follow Ronaldo, follow Messi, something like that, it's, it's easy now, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's incredible. As you said, any game, you know, in any league is, is available for, um, you know, for players to see, you know, as well as um, just, you know, from, on your point with the accessibility, you know, it's, it's interesting, the sport, and really as I've watched the evolution, you know, here in America, I think there's always this, you know, beautiful, romantic part of the sport, which is, you know, hey, you know, you and I and a, and a few friends can go out, go out to a park and, you know, set up a couple of trash cans and, and, and play soccer, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, now there's, there's so much information and data pouring in around the sport. Um, you know, the, the development pathways are, are becoming so much more serious. Uh, you know, FIFA, like I said, and, and, you know, the TV audience is, is growing like mad. You know, people can actually go to games uh, on a regular basis and experience uh, that fandom. So, um, as you said, so many more ways to experience the game, which I think is just going to continue to fuel uh, the growth of the sport. 
Now, coming up in 2026, the United States will be part of the one of the three host nations for the World Cup, along with Mexico and Canada. Uh, but the majority of the games will be played primarily right here in the United States. And if we look back to 1994, the U.S. hosted the World Cup. That was a massive turning point in uh, the growth of the sport here in the United States. If you take us back to 1994, Eddie, what impact did that have on your personal soccer journey to see the United States hosting the World Cup and to see, you know, one of the biggest sporting events in the world come to our shores? Sure. You know, and, and I think it was probably one of the first, you know, live games, um, you know, I saw as a kid. I didn't come from a, a, a soccer background or, or much of a soccer family. So, uh, you know, that was all very new to, to a lot of us, you know, here in America. And, you know, clearly, I think we all know the, the jumping off point it became for, you know, becoming the foundation for, for the league here in America, you know, really the, um, the start or, or sort of the restart of the, of the sport here in the States. And I think people are anticipating, you know, much of the same, um, you know, in, in 2026, I think there's, there's already kind of a countdown to, to that world cup, um, obviously with 48 teams and, you know, just the sheer size and, you know, the ability for, um, for us to, to host an event, you know, with, with Mexico and Canada, uh, I think will be, you know, clearly the most successful, World Cup ever and probably a, another huge, you know, leap forward for the sport here in the U.S. So give us some details on what you're doing with Token Football. So tell us a little bit more about, uh, about what you founded, what you've created, and, and what your goals are, what you're looking to achieve. Sure. Yeah, so, you know, Token Football is, is really based um, on a concept that, that I used as a player. Um, you know, I was a, a young player and, and like most, uh, you know, in my generation, um, you know, soccer was, was available, but that was sort of something, you know, you just kind of played three months um, out of the year. As I said, I didn't, I didn't come from a, a soccer family. So, you know, over the years, as I fell deeper and deeper in love with the sport, um, you know, I was challenged with the fact that uh, although there were, I was a great athlete and, you know, very committed technically, um, you know, I just didn't have the same, skill sets that you know some of the top players did so i was you know really always searching um for a way to to address that and um you know fast forward a few years when i was in college i uh i stumbled upon an idea of of using a tennis ball machine by by watching the ucla basketball team practice on a smaller size hoop and uh you know really just took that concept and began to you know, start to throw a ball against the wall and begin to work on some of my skills using a tennis ball, which, you know, obviously by, by mastering that smaller ball would, would hopefully translate on the field. And, you know, within a very short period of time, I noticed an improvement, you know, saved up, um, you know, a few bucks and bought a, a used tennis ball machine to, to really amplify the reps. And, you know, for me, that was, that was the moment. It just became an absolute game changer, you know, within months, you know, I was getting, um, you know, repetitions that, that allowed me to now catch some of the players in front of me. You know, I'd, I'd practice areas that would sometimes take me, you know, six months in a traditional setting and, and in a couple of days in terms of some of the repetitions. So for me, it was, was an absolute game changer. It, um, you know, I went on to, you know, as you said, have a, from an American standpoint, you know, a very successful soccer career. And, yeah. you know, I wanted to bring that, um, you know, to the, to the rest of the world. So when I, when I got back, you know, from England and finished up with the Galaxy, I, I just really began trying to take that concept, um, make it more soccer specific, um, create an environment 
uh, around it and, you know, build um, really not only the curriculum, but also, you know, add this decision-making component to, to give players an opportunity to, you know, really develop their skills uh, and, and recreate game-like situations, you know, whenever they want and not necessarily just, um, you know, when they can in a, in a team training setting. So this really does kind of give players that ability to work on touch, technical ability, things like that. And, uh, and I think what's challenging is that um, so many of our, our athletes in, in, in this country, like it's, it's hard to recreate those situations like what you're talking about. So you're with Toka Football helping to recreate those situations, giving kids as many reps as possible, right? Yeah. So, you know, in our centers and um, we now have, have, have 15 um, and hope to open another you know, this year, we, um, you know, a player to, to sort of run you through it, a player will, will come in and, you know, we're talking about a player of, of really any level, whether it's a young player trying to learn how to kick a ball, um, you know, a 12 a, a year old going, trying to go from the B team to the A team, you know, maybe a college bound player, or, you know, um, we have quite a few pros that come in trying to, to just take one element of their game, you know, and improve it by, by two or 3%. But, you know, essentially we recreate, these game-like situations, we have the touch trainer that, that we've developed and, and, and patented, which is essentially a ball machine that delivers a, a smaller than regulation size ball. But you can imagine any sort of delivery um, that a soccer player may, may see in a game, whether it's on the ground or in the air, left and right, um, you know, whatever sort of ball uh, you want to recreate that situation. Combined with our smart targets, which is is really the cognitive element or the decision making part of it, and you know, in an hour, a player will receive between you know 300 or or 400 opportunities or repetitions um, to practice those game-like situations. So, as a ball comes out, if I'm working on you know turning as an example, um, you know, I'll I'll have to process which target is being lit up, identify that uh, that target. Um, process the information and then, you know, execute on the play. And, and in each of our uh, environments, we have a trainer there to help guide you through, um, you know, how to improve your technique, um, you know, tips and tricks to make those skills easier. So, you know, we've really taken all of the, you know, kind of most important elements of the game, condensed it down into a very small environment and give players the ability to, you know, repeat that over and over so they can kind of, um, you know, improve their skill set at, at really exponential rates, if you will. And you mentioned this earlier, but the, the way that the game has evolved in terms of the data available and the analytics and the different ways that you can analyze your performance, it maybe is easier than ever for, for players to analyze a performance and say, okay, these are some specific areas I need to improve and, and hone in on. And, and this is a great way to then go get reps in those particular areas where you notice, okay, I'm maybe a little bit behind in this area, or this is where I want to improve based on what data and analytics are telling me. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly right, right? And, and the reality is, if, you know, when you go out for a team training in a team setting, um, you know, you have a coach with uh, a number of players and, and that coach is really responsible for uh, trying to plug those players in, help them, you know, tactically be aware of, of, you know, where to be on the field and how to play in that particular style to help that team win or lose, really. That's, and that's what the coach should be doing. But the reality is, you know, along the way, each and every player has specific individual needs that may or may not be getting met. And, you know, we, we really take a totally player-centric 
position, right? We start with the player and, um, and I can tell you through experience, you know, every player has some deficiencies and, and, and weaknesses. So whether it's, um, you know, really kind of maximizing your strengths or improving your weaknesses, you know, we, we specifically work on some of those areas that are, are difficult for players um, so that they can gain the confidence to be able to go out in the field and, and, and execute on those. And in, in most cases, um, and, if you, and if you played as well, you know, as a kid, you, you understand that when you go out into a team environment, you know, you want to play well, right? You want to, you want to keep the ball. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, as a left footer, spend a lot of time working on my right foot if I'm going to lose possession every time I have the ball and, you know, my teammates around me are going to get frustrated by that, right? I'm going to, I'm going to use the outside of my left foot to make sure I can keep the ball and it, and it really just kind of compounds the problem. So if you, you haven't acquired a certain skill set by a certain age, it just, um, you know, to a certain degree begins to exacerbate the problem, right? So we, we really just take it head on. Um, you know, we, we, uh, the good news about the touch trainer is every time the ball comes out, it doesn't really matter whether you, um, perform well or not, cause it's gonna, it's gonna throw you another one. And, you know, I think that makes, um, it a really friendly environment. Um, and whether I said you're getting from, you know, this level down here uh, to here or all the way at the top, looking to really just fine tune your game, you know, everybody, everybody enjoys the reps. My uh, Sunday pickup form has uh, dipped recently. I think I've lost a step or two, and so it sounds like something I could I could benefit from as well. But um, but what what sorts of trends and what sorts of things are you looking for uh, throughout 2021? As you know, data continues to get better, technology continues to improve. What sorts of things do you look at for the future that you say, okay, I want to I want to make this part of the overall program? Yeah, I think probably the the biggest trend you'll see, you know, really in 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 all sports, but, you know, particularly in soccer is that, um, you know, everybody's realizing that the brain is really the last muscle to be trained, if you will. Right. So, um, you know, for us and, you know, as, as you just mentioned in your example, one of the great things about soccer is it's not really just about, um, you know, being the, the biggest or, or strongest or, or fastest, right. You know, your ability to process information quickly and make good decisions um, is huge in, in the sport of soccer. So, um, you know, as you said, on your Sunday league team, you know, you may have lost a step, but um, if you can think quickly and you have the technical ability to get the ball and, and, and play quickly, you know, that can, that can make up for, um, you know, a lot of those, those, those physical sort of deficiencies. So we spend a lot of time um, really on the decision-making element and the cognitive training. So the players uh, not only have to perform you know, at a technical level and are improving their skills in that way, but are making decisions, you know, during every single repetition. And, you know, that's, um, you know, three or 400 decisions um, in an hour and deciding where to play and how to play, uh, we believe is going to have a huge impact on their development. Eddie, I want to wrap things up here. Uh, just asking you a question about uh, whether or not you still follow the U.S. men's national team. And if so, who do you enjoy watching? Who's standing out to you right now and, uh, and are exciting players for you to watch? Yeah, I mean, there's um, there's so many. The good news is there. Um, it seems like every every week there's um, you know there's a new new player that's emerging. Yeah. Obviously, um, you know Claudio Reyna is a very close friend of mine, and and um, and his family. Um, you know, we've really grown up. Uh, I was neighbors with with the Reynas in the UK for for many years. So you know, I've known really Gio since 
you know, essentially the day he was born. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a ton of fun to, uh, to watch his progress. Um, I think even for people like me that, that know him, um, you know, as well as anyone are, are still blown away at um, the progress he's making. So, you know, I'm really, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. But at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. All these guys are, are still pretty young. You know, they have, they have a lot to prove. And as much I want to, as much as I want to celebrate their success, you know, I also really want to encourage, you know, those guys to, to, to consistently do it. Right. And, you know, one great season or one, you know, run of, of good games is, is nice, but, you know, let's, let's stay on it. And, um, you know, if you can do it for two, three, four years in a row, um, you know, I think there's a crop of players that are going to take uh, the U S national team to, to heights that we haven't seen before. Well, your 2002 uh, World Cup team is still the uh, the gold standard in terms of uh, what we can do. Um, and a lot of people are comparing this young crop of players to uh, to you guys from that tournament, just with the, the young guys that we had then as well. So it's an exciting time. I'm looking forward to seeing how things continue to build and move forward with soccer in the United States and uh, looking forward to hearing more from Toka Football in the future. So, Eddie Lewis, thank you again so much for joining us here on Salary Captain, sharing a little bit more about the things that you have going on and also the growth of soccer in the United States. Yes, thank you. And I would like nothing better than to pass the torch on. Um, 2002 was a long time ago and this country is ready to be making uh, lots of progress. So like you, uh, I'm excited to be a fan and, you know, to be a part of this soccer community and um, looking forward to all the great things to come. What better than the 20 year anniversary of that team? You know, maybe uh, 2022 <laughs> is the year. Uh, that would be, uh, that'd be poetic, I think. It would. It would. <laughs> Eddie Lewis, everyone, thank you again so much, Eddie, for joining us today here on Salary Cap. Cool. Thanks for having me.